0: Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is Dialogue.
1: Hello and welcome to Dialogue. China has recently released a guideline to address the challenges of its aging population and develop the so-called silver economy with measures to expand, standardize and cultivate various industries to cater to the needs of the seniors. What can we learn from the guideline and how big a challenge is the aging population in the nation? and how much potential is there of China's elderly care industry. Joining us for today's show are Wang Dan, Chief Economist of Hansen Bank, Shi Shirai, Professor of Economics from K.O. University, Janice Chia, Founder and Managing Director at Aging Asia, and Gustav Stradel, uh, CEO of International Care System. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining Dialogue. I will start with you, Wang Dan. In the guideline, it's the first specialized document issued by the Chinese government you know, to foster the so-called silver economy uh, It contains you know, specific measures to cover different areas, you know, from tackling urgent challenges faced by the elderly to expanding the supply of elderly uh, care products and services, etc., and to foster industries with uh, the potential. Uh, so what's your take of the guideline? You know, what's the message here?
2: Well, the guideline is quite comprehensive and it has confronted all the difficulties in providing enough uh, elder care in China. And what struck me most is that it has stressed the need to provide more digital assistance to the elder population. It's quite something with the Chinese characteristics and because most of Chinese elderly actually use mobile phones, and there has to be new apps that's designed specifically to uh, help those elderly to pay their utility online or shop online, and that's something quite new. And on top of that, there's also a need to provide more services targeting, um, especially the elderly with the disease. I think for China, there's a overcapacity in basically all the subsectors in industries, with the exception of medical care and elderly care. And there's a real need to open the market and introduce more foreign companies and uh, foreign uh, services that can help China to tackle this problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Janice, you are from aging Asia. I mean, obviously, you are very familiar with uh, the challenge in you know, Asia wide. Uh, what do you make of the Chinese move you know, to deal with uh, this aging population challenge here?
3: Yeah, I think it's a very forward-thinking move, and it's really looking ahead at that future of the hundred-year society. Because more and more people in future will be aging at home, uh, they will. Rec- they are also a new generation of older people. They are aging with more mobility, more balance, and better health than before. So I think we have to address some of the future needs of the population. Uh, rather than just look at only the past. So I think China's move of issuing the guidelines is a very um, excellent and innovative way for many governments overseas as well to look at how we can tackle and overcome the challenges of the aging population.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at uh, some of the fundamental uh, let's say numbers statistics uh, uh, Professor Xi Rai you know the, according to the Chinese uh, government uh, statistics you know the China's population of those uh, 60 and above. Uh, was at uh, 297 million in last year. Uh, so this is expected to grow to more than half a billion by 2050. Uh, I know, you know, Japan has an aging society. Japan is uh, uh, very familiar with the issue. How do you look at these challenges for China? You know, half a million, half a billion mm-hmm. by 2050. How mm-hmm. big a challenge is that? Yeah, so
0: in terms of population ratio, Okay. So let's say, uh, look at the case of Japan. So right now, one third of our, our population account for people uh, whose age is 65 years old and above, and uh, the people whose age is uh, 75 years old and above is 20%. That is significant. At this moment, a bit much lower, but I think over time that this ratio is going to go up. Now, you know, I like to suggest in an aging society, uh, you know, the biggest issue is there's a, a gap between life ex- expectancy and a healthy life expectancy. For example, if you look at a Japanese woman, mm. the life ex- expectancy is uh, uh, 88 years old. But the uh, uh, healthy uh, life expectancy is 75 years old. This means 30 years uh, that people suffer from uh, various uh, sickness and so on. So also costly in terms of social spending. So. The biggest issue is how to shrink this gap. So maintaining elderly people's health care, you know, uh, so that we can reduce sickness. So that's why, uh, you know, health care industry is booming in Japan. It's about 1.5 trillion Chinese yuan. And uh, a lot of spending for exercises, you know, lots of uh, developing a a nutrient supplement you know and uh, a lot of equipment software uh, to maintain elderly people's thinking skill so you know industry is booming so that i think that china the same thing may happen
1: mm-hmm. what is the key part you know japan has been doing probably and also china can learn from uh in mm-hmm. taking care of uh, their retirees their senior people
0: mm-hmm. yeah so the w- w- important thing is let them work longer because you know, you know, if you just stay, stay home, you know, and they may get sick uh, easily. So, uh, government gave various incentive so that uh, elderly people can uh, work longer. For example, you know, uh, people get starts to get pensions. So, you know, if people are afraid if they get pension, you know, uh, uh, if they work, then they, their pension might be reduced. So, what government is doing that they try to give incentive, so if elderly people work longer, and then and then you know, they postpone the receiver of the pension then much later the government can increase the amount of pension so in this way w- while they are working uh, government does not need to pay pensions but at the same time workers you know they, have, they want to get more pension in the future so this is a way to promote people's you know incentive to work longer
1: yeah to, uh, you know, pro- encourage people to work longer uh, or extend yes. this retirement age uh, uh, now we have a uh, uh-huh. Gustav uh, Gustav, you know, you, you are in Japan, you are from Sweden, and Sweden also uh, faced similar challenges, you know, aging population. What is the key thing, you know, your country has done right in dealing with that problem?
4: Well, as you say, Sweden had the highest aging rate in the world until Japan surpassed us in the late 90s. But actually, Sweden became a, an aging society by the standards of uh, WHO already in 1890, so 134 years ago. And it aged from that point only slowly. Um, And there are many turning points or key moments for Sweden Sweden during this process. But I would like to mention one, which is, for example, a new Social Services Act that was introduced in 1982. And among other things, it explicitly stated that elderly or people with disabilities themselves uh, should have well, be participating in the development of services and have self-determination- and therefore actively uh, participating in choosing and therefore also developing- new services. This this fostered a lot of innovation and it also, uh, so it influenced- the kind of, for example, products or services that were produced consequently. Um, I think it's extremely important when developing new products or services- uh, for the elderly, that you know, to keep or indeed create this connection with the elderly themselves, in marketing this is basics. But for some reason, it's not very been. This connection can be very vague sometimes in many countries. Um, so, for example, uh, if you let's say you develop a wheelchair, uh, all stakeholders in 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 producing and buying a wheelchairs, their needs are different. If the wheelchair is cheap. For example, care providers, they might be happy and buy it. But care workers might have to pull a wheelchair and therefore will have an increased work burden. The elderly themselves, they might lose independence because of the poor quality. Uh, And because of the increased care needs, the total cost for society will also increase. So this will not create a sustainable uh, export industry. What I'm saying is this, these four stakeholders, care providers, staff, elderly themselves, and society as a whole, fulfilling all these needs of these stakeholders was found comparatively quickly in Sweden, and therefore a new industry was born. And I think Japan is, is um, going in the same way, but uh, at a lot quicker pace.
1: A lot quicker pace. So you are saying that uh, Japan Uh, is doing something similar uh, in terms of practice uh, to uh, what has happened in Sweden?
4: Absolutely I mean uh, uh, until the year 2000 for example um, for example the management of nursing homes as a concrete example was a monopoly and it was only provided by one kind of government-supported organization, but no innovation happened in 50 years. But then uh, with the new insurance system and and, uh, sort of the participation by private corporations, individuals, uh, entirely new uh, private nursing homes, uh, partly funded by the government, uh, was born and uh, an industry was born. And suddenly you had all these consumers, the elderly themselves, willing to pay for those for for, uh, residency in those nursing homes or paying for new services and that didn't wasn't the case until only 2000.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Interesting development there. Uh, Wang Dan you know uh, Professor Shi Rai mentioned extending retirement age you know not long ago I remember you know that Mm -hmm. was a bit controversial in China and of course you know China's retirement age is uh, probably among uh, the nations was uh, very early, obviously, at the, the stage of, uh, of, you know, human development, let's say, you know, for, for men, mm. it's, uh, they retire at the age of 60, for women, 55, for those working in the factories, it's, a fif- it's a 50, even. Uh, so is there, any, is there anything that the government can do to create incentives for people to work longer?
2: Well, actually, if they just uh, move to a higher and more flexible age limit for women to retire, uh, the workforce can easily increase. Um, for example, myself, uh, when I finished my postdoc, I was already 33. So it wouldn't take me very long before I reached the retirement age. Right. And for the country, uh, any women at 55 years old actually is still at the prime of their working life. So it's a big waste of talent, and even for men, at their 60s, their social network, their resources is probably at the height uh, of their lifetime as well. Um, but for China, there's one difficulty, uh, is that we do have a surplus of fresh young labor. And last year, one of the key uh, problem was actually the unemployment problem of the age of uh, 16 to 24. So. And the the delaying of retirement age certainly was one way to address the pension issue, but it might exacerbate the job market stress. Mm -hmm. And there's also a fairness argument in this whole delaying of the retirement age um, proposal because we're basically redistributing the cost of retirement Um, Do we want the young people to take more cost? Then probably those people, uh, the older people, should retire early. But if they can work longer, then some of the cost will be shifted to themselves, and that for the society in the long run probably is a better way to go.
1: So Janice, uh, you know, if you look at this potential, this silver economy in China, uh, you know, according to the Chinese figure, uh, the China silver economy is estimated to stand at around seven trillion yuan. Uh, about 6% of the country's uh, total GDP and the number is projected to grow to uh, 33 trillion yuan, uh, you know, like 30 trillion yuan, around like a 4.2 trillion US dollars by uh, basically 10 years later, uh, 2035. You know, what do you make of that number? What do you make that kind of a potential here?
3: I think it's an awesome potential and basically the future potential of the silver economy essentially means that the opportunities in ageing overlaps all sectors of our economy. Older people are going to be spending on more than just healthcare, they are spending on tourism, lifestyle, retail, food, they are going to impact every single sector out there and that's that's why every business needs to have an ageing strategy business pillar. Because from let's say the bank's point of view, your customers are aging but if you look at credit point of view over older people age over 60 they have difficulty applying for a credit card because they are no longer working Um, how are banks going to address the future high spending consumer group which is going to be the seniors although seniors don't may not be working after 60 or you know even if we encourage them to work the age alone right now is also um, a, a hindrance to them applying for credit however they are able to pay their their full credit uh, uh, amounts up front compared to the younger market so i think they are very cash rich and they they may be the ones that will be bolstering the future of our economies in Asia. Um, if you look at economic growth, I think baby boomers are one of the biggest savers of all generations. They have worked very hard; they save very hard. Um, compared to younger generations today, baby boomers in the past they believe that you know maybe maybe they'll take one holiday in a year or two. But today you see the younger generation taking holidays four to five times a year. Um, but at the same time, baby boomers are. Uh, also asset rich. They have also purchased multiple properties. And now as they are aging, and they now have money and spending power to help to inject into all areas. Uh, many baby boomers, for example, are also helping with their children and grandchildren with the purchase of housing.
1: You, so you are saying basically it, you know, it's a universal issue and it evolves uh, every sector of the economy, of the society. So uh, Janice, can we say there's enough incentive for different uh, like the investors or, or industries uh, to make investment in this uh, new growth area?
3: Now, it's It's still a new growth area. So for many investors, they are looking at it from the healthcare investment perspective, because this is currently the most um, lucrative and also the, the area that we can see the returns. Um, however, there are other businesses, um, other sectors that will potentially be adding to the silver economy. But these opportunities may not be discovered yet. So for the I- immediate future, I think there's really opportunities in healthcare in real estate, the building of facilities, uh, the involvement of how we invest in different types of facilities for the aging population. For example, in the past, we may have looked at investing in retirement villages, uh, investing in nursing homes, but now in the future, we will look at investments, investing in equipment that supports older people to get stronger as they get older, investing in biomedical sciences, um, areas that will help older people to um, make use of the latest in medical technologies to help themselves age in a better condition than before and also engage in preventive health strategies. So I think these are all areas of the silver economy that is yet to unfold. And I think what investors need to do is to have as many opportunities as possible to look at what are the forward trends in the aging population. How will future consumers be spending, living, working, and where are the channels of uh, future investments going to be? Um, I think this is a huge area. Even the pension funds, the institutional investors will be very interested. I think now it's about how these investment products can be structured in a way that can attract the large numbers of investment into the sector.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Shi right in Japan yes. you, you know like uh, uh, I'm not sure whether there is also a similar term like a uh, silver economy I mean how large yes. is that in, you know, in, um, in proportion to the total GDP for example? Mm-hmm.
0: So it, it's true that there is a silver economy and the industry and uh, it's growing, and also probably China also starts to grow. But, uh, you know, we have to, uh, I have to mention one thing. Now, in an aging society, a lot of elderly people worry about the longevity, how long they are going to be, right? And they worry, all worry about the sickness and so on. So spending is not going to be as strong as, uh, you know, young people, okay? So it's a different type of uh, consumption. So we, I think industry will grow, but it's not going to be a very strong compared to the you know, young generation who are willing to buy cars and you know houses. different time. So when we look at the uh, silver economy, uh, also I have to mention uh, uh, those areas uh, is uh, have a highest uh, inequality program. So for example, in the case of Japan, we have so many elderly people, but only small portion of people have a very uh, you know lots of lots of wealth. And then most of the people do not have a, a lot of saving, and then they live on a, a public pension. But public pensions are never enough. Okay, so you know they worry about it, so they tend to uh, save rather than consuming. So silver economy is important, but I think they also have to have a reasonable prices, so that those people you know uh, can afford. So there are ex- extremely rich people, so industry uh, you know can do something for them. But the majority of people will not be that rich, so you know
1: that we have to think in our mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good stuff. There is a difference between, uh, let's say, you know, uh, the seniors who, uh, you know, uh, let's say, they have a lot to spend, or who uh, you know don't have a lot to spend. Uh, is that the case? You know, some of them probably they need to care services uh, by staying at home. Others probably a nursing room, nursing home. There, there are different, uh, different probably services and products to meet their needs.
4: So, a good nursing home will fulfill not only physical needs, uh, but also psychological and social needs, and should be able to provide, you know, that precious daily life that we. Um, have or and and the elderly also had until they became care dependent Uh, so this fulfilling physical psychological social needs and also even creating meaning is also the core concept of well-being and um, both well-being care and care quality is now being uh, discussed in the uh, uh, international organization for standardization the iso so we are looking at new global standards um, that should be applicable to any country regardless of culture for what uh, a good um, for example a nursing home is or what a care quality is or even a a device Um, and i I think um, i'm sweden is not perfect but sweden was quite quick uh, kind of a pioneer in uh, finding those different uh, needs and not just physical needs but Japan has caught up, and the, the good uh, Japanese care providers today, they are very good also at, at uh, pr- uh, fulfilling these different uh, needs of a human being. Uh, the challenge, however, that it drives uh, Japan and, and was the number one challenge for me running a nursing home in Japan was the care shortages. We mustn't forget that care re- uh, the, the care worker retention is more important than care recruiting. Uh, because if you have very low staff turnover or 100% care retention, you don't need to recruit. So, uh, and that is also, I think, um, we need to start also really, really quickly to start about the well being, not of, uh, only of the elderly, but also staff, care workers
1: care workers uh, so one day you know compared to the situation in sweden and in japan obviously china is still in the early stage uh, we say i guess you know uh, you know there's media reports like there's uh, even a shortage of uh, nursing uh, homes in, in for in big cities like in beijing and shanghai Uh, And so there's a, I mean, the need is there. It's really about meeting the need. Is that uh, the situation?
2: Uh, For sure, Uh, because now about 90% of the elderly are still taken care of by their children or relatives. And that's a substantially high percentage. We're comparing uh, that number to OECD countries or even to emerging markets. And in the future, this model may not stand anymore, because to start with, usually children now work in a different city from their parents. Um, the urban housing prices are still quite high. And given that we're in this housing downturn, the price is already lower than before. But still, it's not affordable for most of Chinese families and low-cost rental housing um, by, uh, initiated by, of course, the local governments in China are a good idea. I think at some point they have to provide enough housing in this regard to help parents to relocate closer to their, to their children. Um, but nursing homes still is irreplaceable when it comes to professional services. Uh, now there are uh, a home um, service market being created, but this process is so slow and a lot of the workers can only do very basic things like cleaning or helping lifting up the parents to go up and down the stairs. But when it comes to medical care, it's quite insufficient. So some sort of training program must also be created and quickly.
1: Uh, wh- why the process is so slow uh, to meet the need, uh, market need there? Uh, do you think it's a somehow lack of awareness or a lack of um, you know knowledge about the taking care of uh, uh, you know this growing population here in China?
2: Uh, it's a combination of factors. Part of it is because of lack of fiscal spending. Um, the shortage of money uh, has always been a big problem in the industry. But also on top of that, the design of educational system is highly skewed towards engineers and literature, and there's very little actually vocational training in regards to uh, the medical care, especially nursing, nursing care. Um, but there's also a uh, social value element there. Uh, Many families consider it it a shame to send their parents to stay in nursing home, even if it's a good quality one. And to, to change that mentality might also take a few more years.
1: Um, take uh, will take some time. Uh, well, in the guideline, uh, the Chinese government uh, also calling for the more international cooperation in developing its silver economy. Uh, so, Janice, if you look at uh, you know as the organization, you know, aging Asia. Obviously, we have uh, Japan, China, uh, Singapore, and other. Uh, aging economies uh, you know we do face you know this uh, common challenge uh, uh, do you think there's a similarities uh, you know and also probably differences because of uh, you know different or unique national conditions
3: i think there's definitely a little similarities in the way all of us are trying to look at how to help older people to age in better health than before, to make sure that they can enjoy a good quality of life and a good quality of care. Um, we are trying to attract people to work in the sector and we are all facing the same challenges of the manpower issue too. Um, and I think in order to foster international, greater international collaborations, one of the areas we can look into is the um, using the examples of how successful ageing countries, um, including Sweden, including Japan, have actually developed good training programs of uh, developing and, and training the care workers. These are areas which we can foster more international collaborations. Care worker is a very tireless role, and it's very challenging. So I think having clear career pathways is very important. And the the development of career pathways in uh, Japan is something that we can look towards. Um, in terms of the other areas that we might want to explore for the aging sector, is that I think care workers uh, could have opportunities for international um, internships or international practice programs and this would greatly help to enhance the skills as well as help with retention of the care workers because you not only want to make sure that they are the best trained but they are also a very happy workforce that is happy to continue working in this sector and we are seeing a lot of caregiver fatigue after COVID so I think it's important that we, we start to examine some of the job attraction strategies that we can share across different countries. Um, in terms of international collaborations between China and other countries, I think we can also look at areas such as lifestyle services for seniors. Um, an area I'm very interested in is also how can we make um, old, the, encourage the sedentary population to engage in more physical activity and exercises. Because the greatest challenge of ageing is cost. And if we can help to keep populations stronger and at least Reduce the amount of care that they need. For example, even delaying the length of stay in a nursing home, they only move into a nursing home at a relatively late stage or even towards the end of life stage, where they really need that 24-hour care. However, we need to develop other industries, including assisted living. I think assisted living communities will become a very viable option for older people in future.
1: Uh, with that, we come to the end for today's discussion. Many thanks to our guests. Thank you for being with us. I'm Chindu. See you next time.